Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we'll be talking about becoming one flesh. So stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Well, hello, and welcome again to the Messy Messianic podcast. Today is February 8th. 2021. I do apologize for not doing a podcast last week. It actually wasn't due to procrastination. It was more that I was a little scared to broach the subject and also afraid to have this next guest I have with me on the podcast. Um, I absolutely adore him. He is my husband, Benjamin Lacasse. You say hello. Hello. (laughs) Thanks, honey. And um, today we're going to be talking about becoming one flesh. And if you haven't figured that out, Obviously, we're going to be talking about marriage, which is actually really important. There are a lot of different elements to it. In fact, we're probably going to make it uh, a series of different podcasts because there is actually quite a bit to get through when it comes to marriage. The first thing I wanted to um, do is kind of do an introduction of my husband. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself and say, like, I guess what you do for a living, you know, like we talked about last time. Well, I mean, I've heard your podcast and you've definitely talked about me a little bit, so I don't really need any introduction. I'm, I'm, the, the audience knows me well enough, but for you guys that haven't heard before, my name is Ben. Um, I'm Erica's husband. We've been married for 17 years. Uh, I am a Marine. I've uh, been in the Marine Corps for about 19 plus years. I'm getting ready to retire this summer, and then uh, I'll be moving into uh, the ministry, taking over as the... Uh, leader of our Messianic congregation in Wilmington, North Carolina. All right. Well said. Uh, I want to go back to kind of our roots just to give uh, people kind of a premise of where we come from marriage wise. That would be basically, first off, we technically went to the same schools growing up. Yep. Elementary school, middle school, high school. Yeah. Don't forget junior high. That too. That too. Mm -hmm. But um, he was actually in a grade above me in my sister's grade. Um, And I remember coming in contact with him a couple times. He was in my gymnastics class. I did gymnastics for about seven years. And one year, evidently, his mother decided he needed to be a little bit more coordinated. So she put him in the gymnastics class. And I was little, so I decided I didn't really like him. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't even remember her. And I was only there for a year, really a couple months. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't exactly memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do um, have some mutual friends back from high school, which is really when we started kind of hanging out. Um, this was during my rebellious phase where I had absolutely no interest in God whatsoever. I had turned my face from him and wanted nothing to do with him. And, um, Ben grew up as an atheist. Well, I mean, yes and no. Uh, so my mom and dad were Catholic, but they were Catholic in name only pretty much everyone up North. If you're, if you are, if you go to church, there's very few Protestant churches up. There's a lot of Catholic churches up there. So, you know, we went to church once or twice a year maybe yeah christmas and easter right no not really really? Uh, we would go for like the evening christmas concert because my grandma sang in it okay and uh we went i can remember going like two or three times usually after a major health scare that one of the members of my family had had so like after my dad or no after my granddad had a heart attack and survived we went to church and you know essentially paid our respects to god i guess is (laughs) the logic of it but back then you know, I didn't really know what I believed, but as my beliefs started to develop, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't think there, there is anything else. And 
that was kind of a sad thought for me because it's like, all right, you know, I need to make the most of this life because after this, it's just a dirt nap for the rest of eternity. And there's nothing after that. And that was, you know, kind of scary. But at the same time, I've always been one to embrace truth, whether I thought that truth was pleasant or unpleasant. Um, Fair enough. So if that was the truth and that was the truth and that's not what, you know, that didn't matter. We just had to push forward. Um, but obviously as the years have progressed, my views on that sort of thing has changed. Which is kind of where we get to the whole marriage thing. We, um, you joined the Marine Corps mm-hmm. right after you got out of high school. Yep. About two weeks after high school ended, I was off to boot camp. Yep. You and a couple other friends joined the Marines. Right. They Not came, necessarily at the same time. Yeah, but... I was the first to go and yep. a couple of our other friends went uh, a couple of months later. Yep. And I remember like seeing you off at the, I don't know, what is it? The it's not a Marine Corps. It's like the recruiters thing up. Hmm, you want the recruiting station up in Plymouth? Yeah. Okay. I think where we saw mm-hmm. you off and right. a, a couple of friends, I think you were dating someone else and I was dating someone else mm-hmm. at the time. Yep. And, um, all the mess happened with my son's biological father. And, um, he had some trouble with his relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we, if you remember AOL instant messenger, <laughs> We would uh, keep in contact that way. It's, that's how I uh, kept in contact with a lot of my uh, Marine Corps friends who joined. Mm-hmm. And I think one night he, we were just having a conversation and he said something like, you know, I said, we both were agreeing that we got sick. We were sick of this dating game and playing the game. And, you know, we really just wanted to find somebody who actually wanted an actual relationship mm-hmm. and, um, we were in agreement with that. And he said, okay, well, next time I come up, maybe we can actually, you know, do something about that or we can get together. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. Thinking absolutely nothing of it. Right. So I think I said it partly in jest and partly as like, Hey, let's see what happens here. You know, what you could say is no. And I'm pretty sure I, she laughed when I said that. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever. We can still hang out as friends when I go up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you came home, you actually were relatively serious about that. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we will date. Yeah. Um, that being said, I didn't even give him a second glance until like six months prior to that when he came home for a New Year's party. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was no longer wearing thick glasses and the Marine Corps had trimmed that boy up. <laughs> and uh, he was a rather strapping looking lad. So yeah. I was like, oh, he's actually pretty stinking good looking. Where the heck, uh, how come I didn't notice this before? But anyway, so... We actually did start dating. We dated for about, what, two months? Yeah, about that. And yeah. then I think you you were already planning to move down to North Carolina. I was. My friend Nicole um, already lived down uh, in North Carolina. She was also married to a Marine at the time. And um, I was planning on moving down here because it had just gotten too uh, toxic of an uh, environment with um, Zion's biological father. And I just need to leave the area. And um, you needed a fresh start. I needed a fresh start, basically. So I was planning on coming down here. In fact, I did. I moved down here while Ben and I were still dating. I moved in with my friend, Nicole, and, you know, was getting a job, was looking for a place to stay. And, um, I would go on dates with Ben and and he didn't have a car, but I did. So I would drop him off at his barracks or whatever. And one night when I dropped him off at the barracks, he said, Hey, you want to get married? Was that basically what you said? It actually wasn't at the barracks. It was at Nicole's house, but yeah, I was essentially it. I was like, so, uh, you want to get married? And I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and my kids to this day uh, still say that we're not really married because of that, because it wasn't a real proposal. Yep. But um, so this is a lesson for you guys. If you're planning on marrying your wife, it doesn't, 
I won't say it doesn't matter how she reacts to the proposal, but you also need to think about how your unborn daughters are going to react to the proposal because you will literally not hear the end of it for the rest of your life if you screw it up. So take the time, make the effort because she might not mind, but your daughters definitely will mind. Yeah. So we didn't, we weren't exactly conventional, but anyways, we got married and um, two weeks later he was deployed to Afghanistan. Yep. And as I've talked about before, I have anxiety issues and obviously that did not help. This mm-hmm. is during the time of, the Osama bin Laden over in Afghanistan. They didn't yeah, know where was he was. Circa 2003. So this was early in the... It was 2004. Uh, was it 2004? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. It was. It was 2004, but they were still looking for him. Mm-hmm. And Ben was out in the mountains. They were trying to find him and whatnot. And yeah, the austere environment. We didn't have the uh, built-up fobs and, and bases and whatnot over there. So yeah, I got to spend about the four or five months that I was over there sleeping in the dirt. So, for those of us who aren't military, what the heck is a FOB? A Ford operating base. Thank you. Pardon me. <laughs> Wait, this is not a military podcast, love. Mm-hmm. It is now. I'm here. <laughs> so, anyway. So, that being said, there wasn't really any way of communication. My husband is also anti-writing letters. I have terrible, terrible handwriting. And to the point where the way I grip a pen or a pencil, it literally causes me physical pain to write if I'm writing for a long period of time. So, so he didn't bother writing I me did while not he was write gone. Any letters my first appointment. So th- I was lucky to hear from him maybe every two months, and that was on a satellite phone, which mm-hmm. meant I heard from him for maybe like five minutes, and it was terrible because you could hear the wind and the sand and almost hear what he was saying. Right. But I knew he was alive. But obviously, this did not make my anxiety very, uh, very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually encouraged me because he knew how anxious I was getting. He said, "Hey, you need to go find a church." Mm-hmm. Go get some counseling and go find a church. So I went and got counseling first, I think. And uh, the counselor actually agreed with you and said, yeah, go find yourself a church. I'm giving you different homework assignments. You need to stop being a hermit and go meet people and talk to them. And um, same counselor that I still have today. So very appreciative of her. But anyway, so we want to talk about marriage. Obviously, the first year of our marriage was terrible. Primarily because you weren't there. Okay. So for a lot of us, they say, you know, the first year is terrible. But I think for us, it was more like the first two years because (laughs) you were only there for half a year at a time per se. So, you know, when he came back, I remember you walking on eggshells because I wanted things just so and you didn't want to screw things up. And I was constantly trying to sabotage our marriage because I didn't feel worthy enough to be married to you. Mm -hmm. And... I think that it's really important that all marriages go, that you know that all marriages have these kind of struggles. Not necessarily people try to sabotage or deployments, but there's always going to be some sort of struggle that you have to deal with because we each are individual people coming together, trying to learn not to be selfish. Yeah, I often describe it as, you know, two pieces of, uh, two irregular objects that are being, having the rough edges you know, rubbed off to the point where those two objects can fit together harmoniously. So kind of like iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Kind of like that. Where can you find that? I think that's in Proverbs. I do believe it's in Proverbs as well. Um, But I wanted to talk to you even about the first marriage, Mm -hmm. kind of discuss that um, for a minute. So that would be in Genesis two. I'm going to read just a little bit of it. It's Genesis two, seven, and then I'm going to jump over to Genesis two, 18. So basically it's, it's then Adonai Elohim formed the man out of the dust from the ground and he breathed into his nostrils a breath of life. So the man became a living being. So that explains how the man came to be. Mm-hmm. 
And then in 2.18, it says, Then Adonai Elohim said, It is not good for the man to be alone. Let me make a well-matched helper for him. Adonai Elohim had formed from the ground every animal of the field and every flying creature of the sky, so he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called them, each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the flying creatures of the sky and to all the animals of the field, but for the man, he did not find a well-matched helper for him. Adonai Elohim caused a deep sleep to fall on the man, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Adonai Elohim built the rib, which he had taken from the man, into a woman. Then he brought her to the man. Then the man said, This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh from my flesh. This one is called woman, for from man was taken this one. This is why a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. They explain it. It is, but there's definitely a lot there to unpack. You know, the idea that the first woman was birthed out of the man, and from then forward, man is birthed from woman. That's kind of interesting to me. That is very interesting. Although I don't know that I'm necessarily going to hit that topic today. Well, fair enough. Because you really could do, like, probably a whole year's worth on just marriage alone. Agreed. And, you know, you probably need to cover some of the foundations before you start talking about having kids. (laughs) Do you? Okay. Um... The other thing you want to think about, which I didn't, I'm not actually going to read today, but they were talking, um, if you look at it, the first marriage was affected by uh, a few different things, especially mm-hmm. when they decided to eat of the tree yep. of the knowledge of good, and knowledge evil. of good and evil. Um, <clears throat> you know, they lost, they, they, they lost their spiritual garments and had to put on physical garments. Right. So they no longer were, they weren't covered by the spirit of the Lord anymore. Correct. And then the, the loss of bread, which means they, you know, the curse is the ground because of you. So now they have to actually work and, you know, and toil mm-hmm. into the ground to be able to acquire the sustenance for instead of being just having it, just having it available. available. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people see that as a curse, and it makes sense because it says right there, you know, cursed is the ground. But you're not cursed. The gra- ground is cursed mm-hmm. for you, right? Because the, the you know Father knows that you having to work is good for you. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a, it doesn't say you're cursed in that the ground won't provide its food, but that the ground is cursed for you. I think that's a really great point, actually. Mm-hmm. And this is why I decided I should bring him on, because my husband is actually a deep well of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times after my podcast, he'll tell me, uh, hey, babe, you might want to look into that one because you might not have gotten that one right. I appreciate you saying a well of knowledge and not a pit of despair. <laughs> no, you're not a pit of despair. Um, difficulty in childbirth for the women. Mm-hmm. Um to me, obviously, I've had four children, right. and um, it's all worth it. Yep. Um, but I think if we were just in pain and there wasn't a positive end goal, um, it probably wouldn't be worth it. But right. I think children are a blessing from God. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, once again, it's not necessarily a curse, mm-hmm. but it's just something that we have to go through. Yeah, it's a lesson. It's, you know, hey, this is painful for now, but, you know, pain comes in the night and rejoicing comes in the morning. Right. And then, obviously, exile from the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being exiled, not only from the garden, but also from having the, being able to walk with the Lord right. like they did. Um, I think all of this is a really good mirror mm-hmm. of even our everyday walk, whether you're married or not, but our everyday walk with Yeshua, um, you know, life isn't easy. Mm-hmm. And if it was easy, we wouldn't learn anything. Right. But there's a couple other things, if you don't mind, I'd like to, Go for to it. touch on. So mm-hmm. 
you know, the exiling from the garden. Why, why did he exile us from the garden? Was it for punishment or was it for our protection? Because what else is in the garden that he says might tempt us since we had already got a, gone after the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil? Well, there's the, the tree of eternal life. Right. And if we tap into that, then we're going to be forever in our sin. Mm-hmm. So there's no redemption from that because the you know penalty for sin is death. Right. And then the other thing that you see there is the very first substitutionary sacrifice. Mm-hmm. When God kills a lamb and clothes Adam and Eve in their in its skin mm-hmm. and you know laying the groundwork for the substitutionary sacrifices we see in the old testament and ultimately you know for the sacrifice of yeshua and uh you know it's kind of goes back to what the bible says about it being that uh you know yeshua was, was, was uh crucified from the foundations of the world mm-hmm. yep you're absolutely right and yep see are you seeing ladies and gentlemen why why he is actually a good person to have on the podcast every once in a while every once in a while <laughs> i think you do a great job on your own baby well i appreciate that but um but yeah so he is uh i always say kind of jokingly um you know because i didn't have a great relationship with my father but with my mother I, i've mm-hmm. always had a good relationship with so i always say that you know my mother um well god is my foundation mm-hmm. my mother is my rock and my, and um, my husband is my boulder because, you know, boulders are bigger than rocks. Right. But um, I think that it's important to know that becoming one flesh is not an easy thing. No. Um, and it's something that, you know, we've only been married for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that seems like a long time. And for some people, it seems like it's not really that long at all, right. uh, depending on how you how long you yourself, I think, have been married mm-hmm. um, and if and or uh, if you've been married successfully. Um, but I think success is kind of a misnomer because you go through the ups and downs in marriage there's always good times and there's always bad times yeah it's how you choose to react to those times Mm -hmm. and if you choose to cling to one another becoming one flesh and being a united front against whatever it is that the world or satan or even god when he's testing you puts Mm -hmm. before you um i think it's just really important to remember that at least for ben and i we are absolute complete opposites um which most people are like, how in the world do you make it work? But the reality is I think that that's one of our greatest strengths. I agree. It's, you know, the areas where she's strong, I'm weak. And the areas where I'm weak, she's strong. And we fit together because we're opposites. You know, it's like uh, magnets. Two north, you know, poles don't stick together. They repel each other. Right. And, you know, I know some people say, no, I, you know, things work together really well for us because we are so similar. Mm -hmm. And obviously I can't really wrap my head around that because I don't have... Mm -hmm my significant other uh as the same as me but if i had somebody the same as me i don't think it necessarily would have worked out oh no you would have killed them (laughs) (laughs) um but the other thing i would say is that i think a lot of people when they say that oh me and my spouse are similar what they're really recognizing and seeing is that over time they've developed together and they've grown together and they've grown you know in similarity you know i know a lot of people if they were to sit down and talk to us and we have all these inside jokes and you know, we, we speak in shorthand a lot of the time because we we have we have a shared history. Right. They would say, oh, you two are, you know, two peas in a pod. You're just alike. And it's like, no, you don't know us that well yet. Like, just wait. Like we are nothing alike. And that's right. that's why it works. Like, for instance, 
um, we have very, very different senses of humor. Mm -hmm. My husband is all about the puns. So he's a great dad because he's all about the dad puns. I was telling dad jokes before they were dad jokes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I am, uh, I guess a dry humor and I'm very realistic with my humor. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, in the world of memes, um, quite frankly, I don't understand a lot of them and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. I get it, but it's not funny. And like my my husband and my daughter are constantly sharing memes to one another. I'm like, yeah, they share it once in a while. I'm like, okay, that one's hilarious, but it's typically once one in a hundred memes that I actually understand or think is actually humorous. So um, there, there's one difference right there. Yep. But I think that God has created at least Ben and I to be able to complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of baggage on both ends that we've had to work through. Um, and baggage isn't something that just goes away. It's something that I think is also, and I'm not even talking about necessarily previous relationships. I'm just talking about even just in life, things that we've encountered, that baggage is something that on a daily basis, you have to put at the foot of the cross Mm -hmm. and choose not to let it control you or convince you to act a certain way in a certain situation versus um, in marriage, you know, God wants us to be selfless. We are supposed to be putting the other person that you're married to ahead of your own needs. Right. And I think that there's a reason a lot of marriages don't work out. It's because we have a big struggle with doing that. We definitely struggle in this country with putting others needs ahead of our our own. Um, And I think that might be one of the areas where I had an advantage Um, in the Marines. You definitely learn to put others needs before your own either the easy way or the hard way. So there's that. But if you can remember and make it a habit to do that in your marriage, you're going to find that you have more good times than you do bad times. And you're going to find that when you do that, your partner reciprocates. And so you get the best of both worlds versus both of you struggling to get what you want out of the relationship. Instead, by giving, you both get more than you ever would have on your own. Yeah. And I think that's, once again, a really good mirror of Yeshua. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he didn't come to this world to conquer. He came to serve. And I think that that's a really good representation of how we are to be in the marriage. And if you read the Bible, God is all about subverting expectations. You expect one thing. He's like, good. That's exactly what you're not going (laughs) to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, we're actually almost out of time. So we'll probably go ahead and cut this one short and go ahead and add uh another podcast about marriage mm-hmm. if you're okay with with hanging out with me again absolutely another I love time. hanging out with you <laughs> i appreciate that yeah. um so i do want to leave you with this that um there's hope there's always hope even if your marriage seems terrible right now or you don't understand why these things are happening to you if you are putting god first in your marriage and your husband or your wife second and you choose to be selfless and to serve the other person Mm -hmm. before your own needs and wants um god will bless that and even i think that's a really great point that you brought up about putting god first and not your husband or your wife no because that's an idol yeah it absolutely is yeah and i know i've made that mistake before where i've put you above god and it did not work out too well it's important that you and your spouse both understand that that it's not just okay i know in my heart that i love god first and that i love erica second that she knows that and that might seem harsh, but it's not, it's truth. Right. And when you both have that understanding, you both have peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to leave you like I always do every single week. 
Um, before I do that, though, because I always forget, if you'd like to leave me an email or a message, please visit my website, which is MessyMessianicMama.com, where there is a link to contact me. You can put in your information if you want to um, ask me a question that you want uh, me to talk about on the podcast. Um, I can either use your name or use you, um, right? Say that it's anonymous. Um, anonymous. I know that word. And um, my email is actually ELMMM3 at protonmail.com. That's E is an echo. L is in Lima. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. The number three at protonmail.com. All right. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen.